Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. My name is Tom Galker, and I will be your host today. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast, and it's not really about Baltimore. Today, we're celebrating Jeff Coffins, the multiple... He's the multi-instrumentalist who plays with the Matthews Band uh, with a post-COVID... So, with a post-COVID solo release, he scored a Grammy nomination for the recording Between Dreaming and Joy. The Grammy catalog is called Contemporary instrumental music and i i love this album i really do and i really enjoy our conversation and jeff is a good man and we're going to play that full recording of the our of our talk today you can actually see that conversation on youtube that link will be in the show notes so let's get into it all right well we're going to get this going it sounds like you probably have a full day well yeah yeah it's kind of a of a busy time. You know, I just got back from vacation a couple of days ago with my wife and, uh, you know, r- no rest for the weary. <laughs> it's also, it, you just had your birthday. So was that like a, a wrapped up birthday weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, that was, that was part of it for sure. You know, um, but it was great. It's great. Did yeah. Recording up there and hung out and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So it was cool. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it, it's uh, I saw you You have a couple shows this month for uh, Dave Matthews towards the end of the month. So you have a little time to talk about your album, uh, Between, uh, Between Dreaming and Joy. Yeah. <clears throat> when I first heard this album, uh, I guess we're starting the interview. Okay, Jeff, Jeff Coffin, welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, let's start this. When I heard this album, the very, like, you know, the very first time I heard it, I'm like, yes. I need to interview because this this album was a little different than most of the jazz recordings that I'm hearing re- recently. There's a, a it's very playful in some ways. It's very percussive and, and, and has a world music vibe. It's almost like Dave Matthews. If he wanted to record vocals on top of it, it'd be a really cool album of his. So you might want to recommend that. There you go. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> the album's done. Dave just put some lyrics to it. <laughs> It's fun. It's unfortunate. Like my last note I had was, this is a summer record. This is something that would be great with the windows down, the blaring. Uh, you know, it would be connected to summer. So this is gonna summer sucked for a lot of people in America with it being so hot and so crazy, and right. you know, people couldn't travel because of expenses and flights being canceled everywhere. So maybe this will extend their summer in a good way. You know, for yeah, the maybe, fall. maybe fall will now be like summer is supposed to be. So, may, you know, it'll be like, it'll be a fall record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fall, fall is the new summer. <laughs> fall is the new summer. I like that. I like, yeah. <laughs> so um, so <clears throat> I have questions um, and then we'll get into that album. Sure. The, um, I realize that you're, you're one month older than me, but I look 10 years older than you. So I'm kind of curious. <laughs> it's at that time you know like when you're younger you would compare people who are bald they're like hey you know i'm getting bald what do they look like being bald so then you're like when you get older you're like hey they're my age what do they look like you know how are they like holding up are you into any no carb biohacking uh sleep studies intermittent fasting do you have any of that stuff going on no not one thing (laughs) your red meat uh a little bit not very much you know, I, I definitely try to watch what I eat and 
I'm going to have fried chicken for lunch, though, with a friend today. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> no, okay. You know, I, you know, I mean, I, I think part of it, man, is that, you know, I live a very creative lifestyle. And I, I don't drink. Um, I don't do any drugs whatsoever. I don't smoke. Um, um, stopped drinking about three years ago. Like, I have a little occasional taste of wine, but... But I mean, really nothing to speak of and, uh, um, you know, and nothing else, man. I mean, I, you know, I try to uh, I try to watch what I eat. I try to I try to stay active. I try to mentally stay active also um, as well as physically. And uh, um, so I, I think that's part of it, man. You know, I, I, my wife is a little, a little younger than I am also, and she keeps me young. She's uh, um, she's very happy pretty much all of the time and um that helps hold it you're a leo so what is she what's her sign pardon what's her sign you're a leo she is a taurus okay that works yeah <laughs> a happy taurus works yeah, um, yeah no doubt um yeah i mean i actually think that anyone who's creative or who is tapping into that creative cell um uh, extends their life and i feel that that is using the other part of the brain that uh, that's different than your normal day to day, and I think that's really healthy. Anyone who who sings in a gospel choir or whatever, just the fact that you're getting all that air in your lungs and you're singing and it's joyful and stuff, right. you just added ten years. Like that's that that's kind yeah, of my yeah. opinion on stuff like that. Well, you know, I, I think that that being creative, um, you know, it has its ups and downs. I mean, it has. You know, most of us have imposter syndrome. Um, you know, most of us are not satisfied with what we're doing, but at the same time, we're creating. And, you know, especially with the Matthews Band for the, the stuff that I do outside of that group, also with my teaching, uh, my educational work with students around the country, et cetera. You know, these, these are things that serve others mm -hmm. and they bring joy to people and they inspire me by doing that. And so I, I, I think that's part of it. You know, I, I think that finding something that, is in service of other people is is a is a great way to kind of approach things i always tell students like you know we're in a service industry as musicians we serve the music first the musicians we're playing with second the audience third so you're going to be at least fourth on that list mm. but by serving those others you in turn get served you know and then talking like i did a clinic at nyu recently and and, and one of the students said okay well how do we serve the music and i was like wow what a brilliant wonderful question and so mm -hmm. that's where the clinic started, you know. There is, uh, Victor Wooten did an amazing piece, that music lesson, a spiritual search for growth through music mm -hmm. uh, in 20, 2006. I think that should be in all school. Like, and I, and I, I actually wrote him a note in the comment section. I'm like, I was like, I am so charged up. This mm -hmm. is so, I'm so such, such a beautiful piece. Yeah, um, he's an and, amazing and, guy, man. He really is. And, uh, um, you know, I spent 14 years on the road with him and, you know, I mean, he's, he's family and, um, you know, I, I know and love all his kids and his wife and his brothers. And, um, you know, that's, I think that's the other thing with music is, is that, and in the arts is that the, the family really extends. There's a wonderful little book by, by Richard Bach called illusions. And I think one of the quotes in that book was rarely do members of your family grow up under the same roof. That's true.
Well, uh, I think people realize that more than ever. Um, yeah, especially yeah, too. Yeah, the, so the ability to pick up and move and create new life and, and, and other parts of the world or states or whatever is not as, as foreign as it used to be. And then you always right. have to set up roots all over. Right. Now it's because you have to. It's not because you went like, hey, I want to see the world. You know, I'm going to go to New York. Now it's like, oh, my God, I got to get in, out of New York. I can't I can't afford it anymore. <laughs> so there's there's reasons now or, or like I know uh, a friend of mine lives in California. He's like, um, I got to get out of here. My house is up for, you know, get some like close to fire all the time. I can't live in California. Perfect. I'm scared. Yeah. So things have changed as to yeah. why they're moving. Yeah. Yeah, certainly as, as climate change occurs, um, you know, as, as global warming, you know, puts its ugly hands around our neck, we're going to start seeing more and more of that, you know, reservoirs are drying up and, and temperatures are too hot for people to live in. And, uh, you know, I was just in Nova Scotia, and it was, it was 90 degrees. That's weird. Low 90. <laughs> yeah. And uh, very unusual. I was, I was in Maine. And Growing up, you know, I grew up in New England. Man, nobody had air conditioning. Didn't need it. Days over the summer, it's like, wow, it's really hot. And then it'd be, you know, high 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, you could count on having your windows open and, and having yeah. a cool breeze going through. Yeah. Um, okay, so do that. Do, I have every single Bella Fleck album with you guys. Um, oh, nice. Do you ever look at each other and look at them and say, dude, I think we're making history here. I think this is clicking in. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know that we ever thought like that. Um, you know, I think that we realized that what we were doing was unique and, and special and meaningful to a lot of people. Um, but, you know, I don't know that any musician really thinks that way, quite honest. Well, except for maybe Kanye, but, you know. Yeah, he's making art every single day. What he's doing. <laughs> but, uh, you know... It, I think we're all confident musicians, but also, you know, we're just, just making music that happened to hit on a certain level with a lot of people. It's kind of like Snarky Puppy, you know, Snarky Puppy didn't get into it to, um, you know, to become popular. They got into it because they loved the music they were making. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that's infectious with other people. And look, man, there's a lot of great music out there that, that doesn't really get its due. And when it happens, you know, you got to be grateful for it and ride it as long as you can. And, you know, for me, I've been really fortunate. I think I've had the best two gigs of, of my generation. Yeah. And uh, with Bela and now with Dave Matthews, I've been with Dave now for 14 years. And uh, so that's basically been my entire career. I moved to Nashville in 91, started playing with Bela in 97. I was doing, you know, studio work and live stuff uh, and my own stuff here uh, previous to that. Um, and, you know, knock on wood, man, it continues and, and I'm able to, you know, continue on for, you know, another 10 or 15 years doing what I'm doing. You I hope so. 10, 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, Dave Matthews band used to tour in a breakneck speed in the eighties. Well, I guess it's not eighties, but nineties and two thousands. Yeah. And they recorded, he put an album out like nonstop, like the pace has changed. Uh, but you guys are still touring. Do you, do you like that pace? Is that working for you? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, it's usually May through September. Uh, the last couple of years have obviously, you know, been a bit strange with COVID, of course. Um, 
But, uh, you know, sometimes we'll go to Europe or South America beginning or the end of the year. Um, but it works, you know, because I teach at Vanderbilt University also. So I have uh, commitments to my students as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they know that I'm on the road. So, you know, we, we do this. We Zoom and work it out how we need to work it out. But uh, um, it also shows props like, hey, I'm on the road. You can be on the road, too. You know, it's like well, that's part of it. <laughs> I want to share with them the experience, the real world experience of doing what I do. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and show them that, yeah, you can do a lot of different things and uh, it doesn't have to be just one, you know? And so anybody that, that wants to be a professional musician um, with the rare 1% of the 1% um, who choose not to teach, basically, you know, you're going to find yourself teaching at some points. And uh, it's, it's a really enjoyable, really beautiful thing. And a really, for me, it's a really important part of what I do. Probably the most important thing that I do, actually. Sure. Well, even more more so than than the playing live, and uh, is is kind of sharing this knowledge and, um, you know, taking students through the process of of learning and, um, learning how to teach themselves primarily. You're level headed, so uh, I wrote this as a joke, but I don't know how you're going to take it. But I thought it was funny when I wrote it. <laughs> is like if you want to say something bad about bella fleck we can turn off the recording right now and and you can tell me and then we'll put the recording back on <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm turning it off right now let's let's do that it's there it's it's not recording <laughs> <laughs> man, there's nothing i could ever say about that man that would be derogatory in any way i'll tell you man you know i've i've, I've had like the best two leaders I can possibly imagine, you know. Yeah, I was going to do that same damn thing with you, with Dave Matthews. If you want to <laughs> say something bad, <laughs> like now's the time. We won't get it on recording at all. <laughs> well, I remember when I first when I first joined the Flectones. Um, you know, the audience knew the music better than I did, and uh, I remember the the first gig we did was up in Vermont, and. Uh, you know, we're on the way up there. We'd had a couple of really short rehearsals and I was like, oh God, I'm so out of my league here. <laughs> and uh, we did a couple of rehearsals, again, short ones. And then we're up, you know, we're going on the bus. And I'm like looking through the music, listening. And I was like, Bale, I said, how am I going to know when to solo? He's like, just look at me. He says, I'll nod to you. <laughs> oh, God. Really? Okay. I so, I, so I remember, and, and I've told the story a couple of times, after the first gig, you know, I talked to him and I said, hey, man, I said, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this opportunity. And uh, I, I said, but I'm I'm cool to go home on a bus tomorrow. <laughs> he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, man, I said, you guys are in such a different league. And I said, this I said, you know, your audience knows the music better than you do and that better than I do, rather. And uh, um, I said, you know, I don't want to hold this group back, you know, and he said, he said, dude, he says, it sounded great. He says, for the first gig, that was astonishing, you know? He says, go back and listen to the tapes. He said, get some rest. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> and, then, and then journey began, you know? And, and here's the other thing, too, that with Bela, like, you know, the music is very intricate. It's in weird keys because it's banjo keys. And uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't music that I was used to playing um, harmonically or uh, rhythmically. You know, a lot of stuff is in odd meter, meaning it's not in four beats per bar, et cetera. And uh, and we would go over stuff over and over. And he was so patient, man. I can't even tell you. You know, I'd be like, hey, can we do that again? He'd be like, of course, man. Yeah, whatever, whatever you want. Uh -huh. You know, so that process, um, 
you know, really showed me a lot about patience um, and how to learn things, um, kind of the process of it all. And that's, I think, one of the most important things is that to, to realize that we're all in process, regardless of what we're doing, we're all in process and we all um, work through conflict. And, uh, and, and when, we're in, when we're in conflict or when someone else is in conflict, you, you need to have compassion for yourself or for other people also. And, uh, and, and realize that, hey, man, they're in conflict. How can I help? Service. Mm. You dig? Yeah. I remember the first time I sat. I remember I was in uh, Orlando. Uh, I was with my friend. We sat down. I think the, the one thing at Bella worked was the advent of CD players because the CDs were new to us and the sounds that were coming out of a CD of this magnitude was new to us. So we were kind of really blown away and we knew that we, we had something unique here. And uh, I think that the timing between like CDs, uh, the creation of CDs and the, the fact that this band came out that was completely different, I think it helped. I think it, it's, it's stamped, you know, high, high quality music, high quality sound, fidel high fidelity, it worked. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, um, it's it, a perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, perfect time. I never will forget that Steve Winwood Higher Love album, the uh, Back in the High Life Again. That was the pinnacle of a. Uh, well, I worked at a record store. And we played that damn album over and over and over. So it it was too much. I can't take it anymore. All right, I do have a more more jokey questions. Do you ever get uh, called uh, Scott from Anthrax? Yes. It, oh, you get it all the time. Okay. Sometimes. Flee from Red Hot Chili Peppers? Never flee. Never flee. A young Steve Swallow. Oh, no, but that's that's interesting. Uh, he had a punky vibe in the 80s. You got to look at some of his pictures. He looked, yeah. yeah, he was a rebel. Uh, <laughs> Man, Carla Blay is one of my very favorites. You know, her music, uh, that trio um, is is just astonishing. The uh, I realize all these guys were bass players that kind of look like you. So uh, that's kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah, a little weird. Bass players have that look, a certain look. People so think we're I'm Vic sometimes, but I'm like, no, I'm not Victor Wooten. <laughs> Why? Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. Well, who knows? That still compliment. Um, okay, we're gonna get into the record. The album's called uh, Between Dreaming and Joy. Uh, the release date is August 26th. It's on the Ear Up Records. And I'm hearing things on this album, and I'm, I hope I'm able to like say, "Hey, I hear this, I hear that." Sure. Um, the, the Vinny the Cow. Okay, the first thing I wrote. This is the Vinny the Crow. This, the Crow. Vinny the Crow. Oh, I have cow. I'd like to buy a consonant. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, yeah, good job. Vin, I have Vinny the Cow sounds fun too. I like Vinny the, the Cow. Yeah, Vinny the the Crow. <laughs> okay, I I said to me in my mind, this is the. Uh, now I'm nervous about speaking words. The Brecker Brothers produced by Bill Laswell. That's what I'm like. This yeah. is like, you know, Bill likes to throw some like uh, uh, some tribal tribal beats into it. The Brecker Brothers is standard mm -hmm. and it, it, it pops off. And then DJ Logic just like just takes that song to another level. He's it's it, it's a great song. And then the, you got the Wurlitzer back there. Like that's like like killing it, too. Yeah. Um, we're going to play, obviously, we're going to play a, a segment of this song, but can you speak on that at all? Yeah, so this is the only co-write on the record. There's a, a friend of mine, Alex Clayton, 
uh, who's a young drummer, lives in Philly now, and he was living in Nashville for a while. And um, we got to know each other. Uh, he didn't. He wanted to do an interview with me while he was at Belmont University, and so I took him to lunch and we talked and just became really great friends, you know. And uh, um, so we're talking about, you know, let's man, let's hang out, let's 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 write a tune together. And so uh, you know, he was just kind of sitting down on the drums, and I came up with his melody. We recorded it, and. Uh, you know, just got the idea out. And then uh, when it came time to record it, I got these guys in to, to record it. And, uh, you know, DJ Logic is, I've known I've known Logic for a long time. And uh, we've worked together numerous occasions and recorded. And uh, and I just thought, wow, he'd be he'd be great on this tune. And, and I wasn't wrong. No, He's, no. Uh, he, just, he just brings such an interesting vibe to it, you know, rhythmically and sonically. And he never gets in the way, but he also leads you know, and exactly. Uh, um, so, yeah, it, it, record, you know, I was uh, I, I played pretty much every instrument that I own. And uh, and and because I was doing it all remotely, I could really take my time and go, oh, does this fit? Does this fit? And, uh, you know, kind of go from there. Was this a pandemic record more or less where you had the, yeah, the more free definitely. time? Definitely. It's the title track was the first the first tune I wrote um, during the pandemic. It's interesting how this is more of a uplifting, upbeat yeah album in a time of pandemic but the the, the title song between dreaming and joy was my, my my fourth song we'll talk about but we'll skip it all right so you start off with that ice cream truck which is awesome i hear summertime summertime and the living is easy oh interesting yeah yeah and then i hear no diggity hey oh hey oh hey oh, hey, oh. <laughs> like in there and then you you do a break with, where i hear duke ellington's east street uh East St. Louis uh, to do, to do. Yeah. yeah. I hear the Steely Dan version. I don't really hear the, the, uh. <laughs> the Duke Ellington one, but uh, do you, do you hear any of that stuff? Uh, no, I don't, but I love that you do. You yeah. Know, and I, Nicole? I love that it, it, um, it sparks a lot of these different things, you know? Yeah. It's like, that it's, little, you know, yeah. that part to me is, is it's unusual for me to write something like that in particular. Um, and, and it almost kind of like when I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of like, and, and, and I don't mean to even speak my name with his name, but it's almost kind of like a Brian Wilson moment. Like, like I hear it and I'm like, oh, harmonically, it's got this kind of thing that you might hear in a Brian Wilson tune. Yeah. You know? And, it's uh, very New Orleans. He's a genius. I, he's just unbelievable. It's, it's very New Orleans like too. Like that's yeah, like it's a got kind of a thing to it, you know. <laughs> and, and getting Marcus King on that tune was really beautiful. And he came over and recorded it here. Most of the stuff was done remotely, but he came over and we hung for the afternoon. And you know, he's he's just such a brilliant musician. And uh, what he brought to that tune is extraordinary. And got Jennifer Hartswick on on vocals with me. And uh, Stefan Lassard from Dave Matthews on bass, and Buddy Strong on on B three, yeah. Carlock on drums, and uh, you know it's 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 like an embarrassment of riches, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's fun. Like I, when I when I started to listen to the album, I went, oh, it's kind of like in my mind, like when when uh, rap albums had samples, and I'm like, oh, that's that, that's that, that's that. Mm. So for this song, this was like the bonanza of things that I that it sparked my imagination. Yeah, uh, I got another one too. 
in the belly of the whale is uh in the in the background is manteca from uh uh dizzy gillespie <laughs> well, that's that's uh that's the percussion bernardo aguiar it's from, fantastic uh, from brazil <laughs> and he you know he put on i i, I want to say it's like 23 tracks of percussion yeah he's insane you know and uh i've known him for years he plays uh, a lot with my buddy carlos malta with pife moderno this fife and drum band out of rio um it's just extraordinary i tell people it's like when i listened to his tracks it was like if you pulled the earth apart and stuck your head in that was what you would hear Okay. And, uh, it's it's just extraordinary what he brings to it, and uh, um, it's so earthy. And, you know, Chester Thompson on drums, yeah. Felix Pastorius on bass. Now, I, I will say this also that that there's a little history in that too, whereas Jocko played with Chester in Weather Report also, and uh, and so this is the first and only time that Felix and Chester Thompson have ever played together or have ever recorded together, rather. And uh, so there's some history on that tune as well. And it's just the four of us on that. I'm playing bass, clarinet, alto flute, melodica, piccolo, um, clarinet, uh, alto flute, mm -hmm. um, doing some shakers and some percussion also. Um, and Manchester sounds so great. Yeah. And if people aren't familiar with him, he played with Frank Zappa, Weather Report, Genesis, you know, he's George Duke. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. I, I, he's a Baltimore native, and I realized right. I got to I got to interview him. Yeah, <laughs> like he's he's, he's, he's back a, to the bone, man. Um, I also was like, I wrote in my notes. I wonder why he wasn't offered that John Bonham position. You know, like where they were testing out drummers, oh, and, right. and they decided right. to call it quits. Uh, yeah, I think there there's a lot of infighting. I think in, in the, they had, you know, they couldn't deal with each other. I think at that point, but he would have been perfect for that gig. I think. Yeah, yeah, Chester's amazing, man. Holy smokes! Mm -hmm. I love the fill he does at the end of the uh, at the at the end of his drum solo on that too. <laughs> <laughs> like it just keeps on going. I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, we're we're definitely gonna play that piece, but I think we're gonna have to play a couple segments of it because yeah, when he starts off his solo, I was like, oh, that's where I definitely want to play that segment. But now I'll do the end too. But it's a it's a great song. Yeah, thank you. We got one more to go, and it's Ruthie. And your flute uh, sounds to me like Memphis, uh, Memphis Underground, uh, a little by uh, Herbie Mann. And I thought, oh, he's doing this on purpose because Ruthie and and and, and uh, uh, freedom and and human rights. And this may be a callback to that time period where music was connected to. Uh, um, human rights activities and her uh, Memphis underground is definitely was connected to that time period. So yeah. I maybe I maybe left field or right field. Well, you know, I think I think <laughs> it's beautiful, man. It's like you know, I, I, it it harkens to me uh, a quote from Ornette Coleman. It said, "All listeners are equal in their opinions." <laughs> I really love you know, and uh, it's like when you go in and and you go to a museum and you and you see art, and you'll see something in there that that the artist you know didn't necessarily think like oh this is this is what it is but i mean those influences are there you know i'm i, I was a big fan of ruth ruth bader ginsburg and for what she stood for and who she was um the inspiration that she gave to so many people especially so many young women and uh um 
And so that was right around the time that she passed. And, and it just, it felt like the right thing, you know, and, and I'm, I'm definitely all about, you know, like justice and fairness and treating people well. And, you know, I'm a bleeding heart liberal, man. And, uh, and I see the stuff that's going on and it, it really troubles me it, to my core. Yeah. And I just think, man, you know, she would be rolling in her grave if she saw this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, not to go down that rabbit hole, but, you know, she's, she's an inspiration to me and so many other people. And, um, you know, she was just a, a good, good human being. Yeah. There's a great documentary if people haven't uh, watched it. It's a, a, a great opportunity to know more about her for a lot of people who, who may be sleeping. I have a question here. Obviously, you answered it. Like, what is your uh, thoughts on the current Supreme Court? Uh, well, honestly, I think they lied to get in, man. I think it's awful. I think we saw we saw it though, in, in live action when oh, they yeah. were. Oh, we when, I definitely saw it. You know, it yeah. wasn't like oh, it's a surprise that they're doing what they're doing. It no, was like it's been telegraphed all the way through, man. Yeah, and I just I can't, you know, again without going deeply down that rabbit hole, it's hard for me to understand, um, you know, people not seeing the facts in this world you know it's like some kind of mass hypnosis and uh, and that's what really scares me and uh um so we'll see man we'll see how it turns out but you can't say you weren't warned yeah i, I mean the, there's a, a media marketing campaign that is so strong and it is grabbing people by the throats where they can't see anything else yeah. i just had a, a family meeting and uh I'm, my family's from pennsylvania just yesterday and my sister's like, I am voting for Dr. Oz. I think he is fantastic. And I was like, uh, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird, man. And, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, we have to try to get through it together. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and that's the tricky thing, you know. And I, and I think that there's an incredible lack of empathy. Um, I think that, that, you know, people don't really know how to listen anymore. It's sort of like, people are listening with a response already there rather than actually having the time to, to listen to one another and, and, and anti-social media. I just, I hate it. I'm on it, but I hate it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it's, it's destroying lives quite honestly. I agree. The I... And the, the, the things that people say to one, you know, I had a guy, interestingly enough, man, I was, I was in Philly hanging out with my buddy, Alex Clayton, who I wrote Vinny the cow with. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, you have time to change it. You know that, right? <laughs> well, way, man. Yeah, but, but to us, it's always Vinny the Cow. But uh, we're hanging out, and we're getting, we might have been getting a donut. And uh, this, this guy in line said, oh, hey, he says, Jeff. And I said, yeah. I said, what's up, man? He said, hey, man. He says, I'm a big fan. I want to apologize to you. I, I said, okay, what, what's up? And so when, when we had postponed the, the, um, the West Palm Beach gig, um and moved it to uh like a week from now um i went to charleston you know with with some of the other guys we had a few days off i went to charleston and i posted a, a photo of me with with two women that had a red velvet cupcake shop in the nighttime market and i was like you know holding it up and they were with me and it was this really fun shot and this guy berates me online for like basically having fun while like, oh, we're all stuck in West Palm. We spent all this money and you guys canceled, blah, blah, blah. And you're over there like posting about cupcakes. And I was like, 
okay, dude, whatever. And, uh, but when we had a personal interaction, the first thing he said to me was, he says, hey, man, I'm really sorry about that. And I was like, okay. You know, I mean, I didn't remember. He's like, I'm the cupcake guy. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, you take a couple steps backwards. Okay, the cupcake yeah, guy. Like, hey, man, I said, it's cool. You know, I said, I understand. And uh, I, I said, you know, I said, maybe, you know, in the future, you know, you can think a little bit more, more carefully about how you jump before you jump. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but I was like, I said, an apology, 100% accepted. You know, let's grab a photo and we're all good, man. You know? But it's interesting because I don't think that people would talk to each other, I hope anyway, if they were having a personal interaction with one another. But I think people are in such a state of not only denial, but, you know, COVID was so intense that some people say, oh, it's not even a thing, you know, because we've lost a million people. You know, it's hard to fathom. I get it, man. People are scared. Yeah. I get it. I'm scared sometimes, you know, <laughs> who wouldn't be? Yeah, it was very strange. And it was, we didn't really have the leadership to walk us through it in a successful way. Definitely. You know? And that, that didn't help either. There's other countries that were able to kind of explain it. People accepted it. People moved forward. And they're in a different space than, than we are now. Yep. Well, we are at that point. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. I did have some other goofier stuff, but, you know, you're just too normal. I can't. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't unfold them. The, the, my goal, something came from Baltimore is to make jazz fun again. And so a lot of my kind of, like, I'm not a musician, obviously. So I don't want to do minutia on, on, uh, musician type stuff. I just want people to have fun. And I want people to, to, to gravitate to the music, realizing that it's, you know, what it's all about is about like moving you. Etc. So it was it was really cool, and I, that's why I have the goofy questions attached to it. Oh, but, good, man. I love yeah. those. I love yeah. yeah, I had you know, one guy go. Ultimately, with this record, man, you know, I, I want people to have a good time listening to it. I want them to to, you know, kind of go on a journey. And uh, the 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 tune when birds sing, I've got Sarah Sarah Ariche singing. Uh, she's from Morocco and playing the African Ngoni also, and it's just gorgeous. Michael Lee from Snarky Puppy is playing frame drums. And and I wrote the tune. I don't know if you can see that chair in the background, the yeah. bungee chair. I wrote the tune on that. I was like, oh, I wonder what tones I can get. Doom, doom, doom. I was like, oh, I'm going to take that, lay bass over the top of that. So that bungee chair is actually on that tune. Wow. And it just, it just built from there. And there's so much music on this record, man. I'm so proud of it. I, you know, I, I, I think it's the best thing I've ever done. It's fantastic. It is. It's mine also. I, that's surprising because it's it's really funky. Uh, I'm a real big um, uh, uh, Basquiat guy, so anything that has a Basquiat vibe, I'm totally into it. I yeah. Just went to his exhibit up in New York called. Me Canada, too. And oh my god! They, I was talking to my friends about it last night. We were going on and on and on about it. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, incredible. It's weird how throw off stuff is 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 fantastic. Like just. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the level of of his output and it's my favorite yeah all right we're gonna let you go jeff coffin thank you for very much for joining me today on something came from baltimore i normally don't post videos but i don't think i screwed up that much normally i don't do it because i screw I up you did a great job yeah. i thought i did pretty good today five stars <laughs> <laughs> i'm dyslexic so that's where you get the cow thing from uh <laughs> i make mistakes all the time and that's why i never uh release anything live 
So, uh, but this one was fun, and I think I, I didn't screw up that much, and you were awesome. Is it okay if I post this? Sure, that'd be great. Yeah, okay. send me the links, and, uh, and we'll get it out there. Perfect. All right, yeah. good. All right, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll promote this. Uh, we'll shrink this one down, but I'll send you the, the video also. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. All right, Thanks, great. Take care, Have a good man. day. All right, you too.